Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to HCG Body Talk on Blog Talk Radio, where we discuss how to achieve the health and body of your dreams one day at a time with HCG Body for Life. How to stay semper fit, fit for life. Please welcome your host, international HCG diet coach, author, and creator of HCG Body for Life, Colin F. Watson. HCG Body for Life, for the body of your life. Hey guys, this is Colin Watson, the HCG Diet Coach, and you're listening to HCG Body Talk Radio. Welcome. Um, we have a topic today. It's one of my favorite show topics because it actually lets me know what you don't know. Uh, and that's basically ask me anything HCG, and I do my best to give you <clears throat> the best answer I can give you based on my experience, research, and helping a few thousand people uh, reach their goal and get the body of their lives. So, I am not a medical doctor. I don't you know medical medical questions. I'll usually refer to check with your doctor. I will share a personal opinion, um, which basically you can take it for whatever value you think it has. But definitely, when it comes to medical specific medical questions, you always want to check with your doctor um, because that's what they're trained to do. I'm here as a as a expert in this protocol as far as helping you get to where you want to go, and I'll give you my. You know, my own personal routine or that, which I, you know, I've talked to thousands of people about how they go about their routine um, to give you some answers on some of these questions. We have, I got a ton of questions <clears throat> sent to me, email. Actually, not a lot of volume of numbers. I think it was like 10 or 12, but several of the questions had multiple questions in them, like four or five questions in each one. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's, that's close, closer to about 20-something questions. So I'll try to get through them um, as quickly as I can. I like to just answer the questions I got via email for the callers that couldn't be here, only the fact that they may have asked a question that you on you on air on air live may may want to know. And that way we're kind of killing two birds with one stone versus asking your having you ask your question and then me go back and read one that happens to be the same question. <clears throat> um you know basically I ask you know I ask people to send me questions and I'll answer all the questions regardless um you know, what type of question they are. There is there are no stupid questions as far as I'm concerned. I figure if you don't know the answer, then there's probably someone else out there that doesn't know the answer as well. And some of them, you know, may seem obvious to some of you, but you know, my thing is that if it's not obvious to the person asking asking the question, I want to make sure they get their answer so they can feel comfortable moving forward with the process. So I will go through these as quickly as I can. Bear with me because I basically copied and pasted um, the written text from each email into a notepad. So. Um, I could just kind of go through them. So the, some of them, the print is small. I'll be putting my glasses on and off. <laughs> Can't find my regular glasses, so I have a pair of glasses that lets me see up close. But if I look at the computer screen, at you guys that are on the uh, in, in my um, back office uh, radio show line, I can't see the screen. So it's going to be interesting to go between the two. So anyway, if you ask me anything HCG, where you have an opportunity to ask questions about the HCG diet protocol, um, you'll know that that. Uh, you know, many of my answers will be designed around our advanced AC diet protocol because I do believe wholeheartedly that the improvements we made have made a huge difference in 
um, people being able to not only do the protocol for longer periods of time, but actually to get better results over that longer period of time. <clears throat> I will obviously answer Dr. Simeon type questions as well, the best I know. I've read the protocol, his manuscript, several times. I do think it's fascinating. I do think it's something that everyone should read when doing this protocol because he does answer a lot of these questions, especially when it comes to medical ailments um, and how your body responds to the ACG in your system. Um, when you have some of those ailments like hypertension and high cholesterol and um, low libido and, and things like that and gout, all kinds of medical issues. So I definitely um, I recommend you read that. You can get that on our website on the 8CG Diet Revealed website, which is more of our blog and information site, that and AC Body for Life. So without further ado, I will go ahead and start with these questions. Some of them came with names, some of them didn't. So if I see the name, I will say who it's from, at least their first name. Um, just so you listening to the playback, you'll know that I was answering your question. The first question I have is, does eating chewable vitamin C really disrupt your the process, disrupt the process, uh, even if it has less than two sugars? I don't know if that's two grams of sugar or I don't know what that two sugars is, but that's one question. Um, so I'll answer them as I go along. Um, Chewable vitamin C, if it does have sugar in it, which some do, you know, they make them cherry flavor, what have, it could interrupt your protocol if you're really sensitive to um, sugars. Um, we definitely, this protocol, you're supposed to eliminate all sugar as much as possible, um, especially refined sugars. And um, we've had cases of people I've coached that have simply had a cough drop or, you know, chewed sugar gum, sugar, not instead of sugar, instead of sugar free gum, sugar gum, <laughs> gum with sugar in it. <laughs> And uh, they've had some stalling from that. So the answer is yes. Is it um, um, highly probable? Probably not, um, especially when it's a vitamin C type vitamin. But if you notice that you are your numbers are slowing or they come to a screeching halt, that's usually a pretty good sign that the sugar is basically triggering your body to try and detox again. And it stops from the fat burning process and moves more towards the detoxing process to get the sugars out of your system. And that happens. that could happen for a couple of days. Um, the next, one, next question is, how much B12 um, should we inject without the added micro stuff? So I'm not sure what the micro stuff is, she, if she's saying MIC. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about both B12 just in case I, I, so I can answer the question in case you were speaking of one or the other. On our site, we have the regular um, B12, injectable B12, and we have what's called the B12 with MIC lipotropic shots. Um, and um, they're both... You know, they both have B12 in them, B12 in them, but one is administered in a one, 100 units every 72 hours, and one we recommend doing about 40 units daily. So to clarify them, the B12, um, the sole B12 um, without the MIC, that is something that we recommend you take a dose about around 40 units every day um, while you're on protocol. And if you and we had a, I had a call with a, a lady yesterday that started getting a rash and, and and I've had this before especially it happens it seems to be more common in women or at least men haven't told me about it that if your B12 if you're taking too much of the B12 you may tend out to break out with a rash and it starts in your you know in your face your neck or your shoulders if you find that being the case you want to break down break um, you know cut back on the on the amount of B12 you're taking and either skip it every other day. Um, and, and bring your levels down. It just means you, you basically have too much B12 in your system or you're having a reaction to it. The B12 MIC is a different type of B12 because it has it's, it's a lipotropic shot. It's got um, methathione, inositol, and um, choline. 
which are enzymes that help to break down fat in the liver and, and makes the liver function more efficiently. And since you're getting a high dose of uh, body fat being flushed into the system daily, which is making up for your daily calories, the MIC does help your liver process that fat faster, which allows you to lose weight faster. And also with the B12 in it, you also get the energy boost from the B12. So that 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 you take more. It's a more of an intramuscular shot, and you take it uh, 100 units every three days. And because you're going intramuscularly, it's staying in the body longer, and that's how it's is how it's recommended to be administered. Um, so th that answer that question. Hopefully, as far as the B12 con is concerned, how many sticks of sugar-free gum can you chew? <laughs> I mean, if it has less than two sugars, again, I mean, sugar-free gum should be sugar-free. I think they usually use use xylitol or. Um, some sort of baby, you know, like a mannitol in it. Um, and it basically, I think that stick of gum has like five calories. So obviously, if you're eating and you want to pack a day, then you have to take that 100 calories into consideration. Um, I got to tell you that on protocol, I chew a lot of gum. I mean, that's, it's kind of my late night savior um, to, to keep me from, you know, wanting to munch anything. So, I, you know, is there a reasonable limit? You don't want to be eating three, chewing three packs of gum a day. However, you could probably get away with chewing a pretty pretty good amount of chewing gum if that's if that's if that's the worst of two evils to help you, um, you know, get past the eating eating binges. That's fine, or just a habit of eating. Um, you you may notice that if you get a lot of gas, um, it's from the constant chewing of air, kind of processing air into your system. Sometimes the the you know the mannitol that's in the gum will give you gas. So you want to be careful about that. That's where that discomfort is coming from. Um, next question. Hello, Colin. I want to try. I want to try it. I'm seeing she's saying try the AC protocol, but I have no idea where to start. I saw your daughter's results, which are amazing, and I want the same results. I cannot eat 500 calories diet because I get super bad headaches. Uh, is that a huge problem? Um, it would be a huge problem if, in fact, you were consuming 500 calories and you weren't getting, you know, upwards of 2,000 plus calories a day from your fat stores. Um, so in essence, yeah, you really, it's not a really big concern. The 500 calorie a day people freak out about, but the one thing they seem to be most shocked about is that they find very quickly in the first couple of days of being in the LCD phase, the low calorie phase, they can't believe that they're not hungry. And so some, some are not hungry to the point where it's really even difficult for them to actually consume food, which you must do. Um, but psychologically, they have no hunger, and it basically shuts down that whole system, and they kind of go, well, I don't want to eat. But you do have, you do need to eat to prescribe the recommended doses of food. However, not the 500-calorie issue threshold, as long as you're eating the right protein uh, protein portions, uh, as you know, described in our books and, and tapes and, and videos, you should be fine. So uh, I wouldn't have a big concern over that as far as the 500 calories is concerned. Um, next question she had is, um, I would like to know, once you follow the AC protocol and go through all phases, maintaining and stabilizing, will, you, will, will your body adjust back to eating healthy carbs and certain amount of sugars? I don't know anything, I don't, I don't know anything seemingly over 8 grams of sugar is a no-no for my body, and it will tend to drive me back the wrong way. Now, this is a really good question. This protocol is like no other weight loss protocol on the planet as far as I can find and see. Because of the fact that it has these phases, these phases aren't there just to make it interesting. Their phases are there to actually really do something not only psychologically but physically in the body. Um, you know, the phase one, the gorging, is to, you know, basically to um, to store, to actually store your fat, to, to actually, you know, over, overload your fat stores 
with the estrogen in your system. It actually, actually, I describe it as it leaves a signal to where you store your fat all over your body. So when you suddenly cut your calories down to 550 calories, your body doesn't go into shock. It just knows exactly where to go to pull those extra calories it needs in order to sustain itself um, from your fat stores. If you, and the loading process is very important. Then you have the LCD, which is a low-calorie phase, which is the fat loss phase. This is where your body is now going to consume those calories in excess of 3,000 calories a day, burn it as fuel, allowing you to lose up to a pound or more a day, depending on your gender and size. The phase three, the stabilization phase, is simply now designed to you know, send a signal to your hypothalamus that your new weight set point, regardless if you're done losing all the weight you want to lose, is actually um, that this is where your body weight is supposed to be, for at least for now. Um, when I say for now, because those of you that have more weight to lose, you're going to be resetting your weight set point several times until you get to your final destination. However, if you're one of those fortunate people that actually go through the protocol and are able to achieve your goal weight in the first round, um, then you're basically locking in your weight set point. And that stabilization process of having no refined sugars in your body, no starches, keeping a very uh, even uh, level of calories coming in and going out and having your body stabilized around your, your basal metabolic rate, which is a rate that your body burns food naturally to maintain your weight, your your hypothalamus will lock in and now be reprogram your body to say, okay, this is where you're supposed to be, 175 pounds, for example. Now, the process of going back to eating normal foods again, what they call normal foods. Now, you've been eating normal food throughout the entire protocol. The difference is that you've been choosing to eliminate certain foods from your diet, which are usually free, refined sugars and, and, and starchy carbs. Um, now, the, the phase four process, which there's never really been a phase four out there before that I could find until we actually implemented a phase four process that seemed to make a lot of sense and work for a lot of people, is that each individual, because I don't really don't believe that this is probably the only weight loss system that I've seen that actually works for pretty much everyone in the gorging and fat loss phase, but then when it comes, and, and in the stabilization phase, if you follow it correctly and have a, and go, go go through it systematically, most people will stabilize well if you're if you're if you're not breaking the rules. Phase four, on the other hand, is where you cannot implement a, a one single diet plan for the entire planet. Everybody metabolizes foods differently. Everyone has their own because of their, their, their blood type, their their gender, their um, their race. That you have different foods that your body's going to be sensitive to, and foods that your body's going to metabolize very well. Each individual needs to discover for themselves which foods you metabolize well and which foods you're sensitive to. Hence, you're saying here, um, or he or she, I'm not sure, is saying that you know if she takes in too much sugar, her body starts to respond. So our phase four is a systematic three-week process of you putting different food combinations that have sugar and starches in your diet in a way that you can immediately get a stimulus and a response, in where you can eat the, eat the starch or the sugar, and the very next morning you're going to weigh yourself and, 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 and can keep track of how your body responds. By the time you're done with the process and by the time we've taught you now how to put in put one carb together and then two, two sugars and starches together and three sugars and starches together through over this three-week period, by the end of that process you should have a pretty good list of foods that are go foods or go-to foods and that are foods that you should eliminate or minimize. Now, this is knowledge that you either can live with and make and make a lifestyle change, or you can just know it and still ignore it anyway and go back to eating whatever foods, combinations you want, even knowing that they're going to cause weight gain. So this is where the, this is where the discipline and the lifestyle change comes into play. So to answer your question, 
if you go through all phases correctly and you do it the way it needs to be done and you take the data that you get from all these phases and implement them in your life, you should be able to maintain your weight relatively well. Now, what happens is that over, you know, two, three-year period, people used to do real well the first year. They start to slacken up the second year, and myself included. So I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this from personal experience, okay? You slack up the second year, then you start really getting sloppy the third year, and then all of a sudden you start noticing this, this weight gain. And if you're really conscious, which, which a lot of people are, if you actually, if you actually experience getting to your goal weight, um, it's a, it's an experience that sticks with you for the rest of your life because now you've seen you physically get physically get to see what your body looks like, what it feels like, how healthy you feel, how strong you feel, and how either sexy or self confident you feel being in the body of your life, quote unquote. As you start to creep away from that, you are so conscious that you that most people, and that's not all, but most people will say, "Whoa, wait a minute, this is as far as I'm willing to go," and then they'll implement some sort of change in order to correct that, either doing the protocol again. Or changing their going back to eating eating healthy, eliminating whatever they were, they were doing wrong. So um, those who don't, then you end up you end up blowing up again, and you're just depressed, and you got to start over again. But it's still a lesson. It's still, it's still you know, knowledge that you're going to learn. So with that said, to answer the question, if you go through this protocol correctly, your body will learn to metabolize sugars and starches, but it'll be certain types of sugars and starches that you will discover in the phase four process. Um, and it's up to you at this point at this point to go. You know what? I can't have anything with white sugar in it or cake or whatever because my body responds to it. Or I can't have baked potatoes because my body responds to it. But I can have brown rice and you know, whole wheat pasta, and my body is fine with that. Once you have that list, you have to pick and choose your, your, your you know, pick and choose your, um, your own poison, if you will, of how you want to go about living your life. Um, is there another protein that's equal to a steak day that will bring um, your weight back to the two pound weight gain? Um, and if the steak day doesn't seem to, if your body doesn't seem to respond well to the steak day, um, yes, there is. I mean, you know, we have migrated a little bit past just the steak day, and I talked about this on my show a couple weeks ago uh, about the protein day. And and some of the proteins that we've seen that work well is egg protein. That means either you know eating hard boiled eggs throughout the day, six or seven hard boiled eggs out the day with every other every hour or so. Um, the traditional steak day, if you don't know what that is, is having a rather large steak, fasting all day, having your normal water intake, and then and then basically having a large steak and, a, and a, either a tomato or apple. That's uh, all you have for the whole day. And what, and what that is, is usually weight gain that happens rapidly. It's some sort of edema going on. It means your water's holding on to weight. Most of the time, it's a protein edema, which means your body's lacking protein, so it's holding on to water. Giving it pure protein and nothing else, no carbs to try and digest, no carbs to break down, no sugar spikes, it actually will miraculously, and it's worked 100% of the time for me personally, will bring your weight your weight back to its weight set point if done immediately on the day that you see the gain. If you do it two days or three days later, you've already reset you've already reset the scale, and now you have to worry about you'll get one or two of those pounds, but you won't you won't get rarely will you get back to your weight set point. Um, protein is fake yogurt, low fat fake yogurt. Is, I also found that that works really well too, eating fake yogurt throughout the day. Those are the only three that I find that work really well. Some people will have, you know, other proteins, but I mean, yeah, to me, that would be pure proteins. You know, I think a chicken, you know, chicken breast would probably do the same thing, but for the sake of, because uh, it's, it's low in fat. So I would think that any pure protein um, throughout the day with no other carbs to get in the way and your normal water intake will usually reset the scale um, if done immediately on the day that you see the the, uh, the two, more than two pound gain. 
Um, if you do beyond that, then you're hit and miss if you're going to even get close to resetting your weight set point at that point. All right, next question. So that was just one question from, I mean, two questions from one, four questions from two people. Um, let's see. Can exercising too much make you hungry? I've been exercising more, but find myself having hunger issues. I'm a five eight and a half female, weigh two hundred six pounds, down from two twenty. Good for you. When I started this round, January one, um, I've that's pretty good numbers too. Most uh, most of the inches this round, I've lost most of the inches this round, and I did have one cheating episode. Answer the question. The question is, can you exercise too much? Yes, you can. Um, hunger issues and fatigue are usually a sign that you're doing more, you're burning, you're pushing too much into your calorie deficit and you're starting, your body's starting to um, feel it. I tell people that exercise, is, it's, it's very easy to figure out how much exercise you, you, you need or can do by simply listening to your body. If you're tired, don't force yourself to work out. If you, if you feel fatigued, don't, don't force yourself to work out. If you start getting hunger issues, especially later in the day, and you were, nor, you were fine before the, the overexertion of exercise, then that's a really good sign that you're doing a little bit too much. That means dial it back a, a bit. It doesn't mean throw the baby out with the bathroom. It doesn't mean quit working out and you go, oh, look, it's not working for me. I'm too hungry. Just dial it back because I'm telling you, consistent exercise over the long run, by the time you get to phase three, your body's on turbocharge. Uh, two people get too caught up, and there'll be a question here that I remember glancing through that talks about this again, but too many people get caught up in you know, working out and then the scale doesn't move in the right direction and then they freak out and they go, well, I'm not doing that anymore. And actually it's counterproductive, um, especially if you were athletic before this protocol started. Um, you, you know, by stopping and completely cold turkey, you, you, you definitely uh, are jeopardizing lean muscle mass that you've gained already. And the more you lose muscle, the more your metabolism slows down. So to me, it's actually counterproductive um, to, to not exercise at all, but also counter, can be counterproductive to exercise too much. Um, Let's see, next question. When you take the MIC every 72 hours, should should it, uh, you still do the regular B12? Um, no, you shouldn't. Um, and uh, let's see, and it says MIC, should I skip the regular B12? Yes. You guys, you don't want to overload yourself with B12. This is one of those things where, you know, too much of anything is not good. Um, either choose one or the, uh, one or the other. That you're, you're going to get the benefits you need to get, get from each one of them, but you don't need to double it up on it. So the B12 and MIC has got the B12 you need, and the B12 by itself has got the B12 you need. You don't need to add both together um, to get results. Too much of a good thing is not a good thing, okay? Um, I'm wondering if you really get – I wonder if you really get into the muscle with the MIC – where can I order it? Where can I order one-inch needles? Um, maybe my fat is getting in the way. <laughs> you guys, just so you know that we added with the MIC on our site. If it comes with our kits now, you get a complete kit. If you don't know, you get, you get a bottle of MIC, B12 MIC with it. Uh, our goal was to give you everything you need to get the most amazing results possible. So we added that into our kits because it works. And we also added um, a set of one-inch needles uh, special needles for you to utilize with the MIC so you can get it intramuscularly um, more effectively without going too deep into the muscle. So that comes with it. If you buy the, the B12 by itself, look on our on, look on our supply section. You also can see a set of 11 uh, one-inch needles that you can order with that. They're not very expensive that you can order with it to add to your order, and that way you'll have the right needles for the uh, B12 MIC. Okay. Um, these are great questions, by the way, so I thank you guys for sending them in, and I think you guys are being patient while I go through these. I made, I turned the show to a 90-minute show because I knew we had a lot of questions. It was 60 minutes, and I switched it over. So hopefully we'll have plenty of time. 
uh, as we're going. All right, next question. Um, hi, Colin. My LCD day nine today. And on day seven, I started doing my exercises from the protocol for the first week. During this time, I stalled and I gained one pound and had Tom. And then this morning, I lost two ounces, 0.2 ounces. Um, is there anything I can do to get back to losing two to 2.6 pounds per day? Is it possible that my activity level is already high enough and I need more protein? Great question. And this is where I talk about the baby in the bathwater. If you have not exercised in quite some time, implementing the um, the uh, eight, the uh, high-intensity interval training workouts, you're going to feel fatigued. You're going to have some muscle edema. That means your body's going to hold on to water. It's absolutely natural, and this can hold on to the water. You can hold on to water for 24 to 48 hours, but just know that it will correct itself. Now, in your situ- in this, this person's situation, I think Cece's situation, she had a perfect storm. She had the fatigue from the um, the edema coming from the from the exercise, and then she had her monthly cycle. Which, you, when you're in a monthly cycle, your body still bloats and holds on to water. You women, you women know that better than I do. And it's one of those things you have to wait for your cycle to go. And once your cycle passes, it, it may take a couple of days, but your body should go back to catching up to whatever numbers you were having. Now, note you will have really, you know, fantastic numbers in the first week to ten days when you're doing numbers like that, two to two point six pounds a day. I'm thinking, TC. I, I assume you're. I, I'm guessing you're a female. Yeah, of course you are. You said Tom. Those are huge numbers for for a woman. So um, be realistic that your numbers will taper off. And, and if you're doing a pound to three quarters of a pound a day, average implementing exercise, that's really good numbers. I mean, and and the numbers you are getting are huge, but they will taper off. So don't freak out because I haven't found anyone that has maintained a two pound a day loss throughout the entire forty plus days on a protocol. They do taper off and become more normal. Men will average a pound. Sometimes they're doing a pound and a half, depending on their size and muscle mass. Women usually average anywhere between a half pound to a pound and a quarter, depending on their activity level and muscle mass. So as long as you're losing and you're losing a consistent number pretty much every every day, um, or at least your week, I would say put it this way, your weekly numbers are more are very consistent. Don't freak out. Don't compare yourself to anybody else because if someone else read these numbers here that this woman is losing 2 to 2.6 pounds a day, they would think that somehow they're doing something really wrong, and that is just not that that's not the case. Everyone loses differently depending on their size. We don't know enough about CC to know how much weight she has to lose. The more weight she has to lose, the more the bigger your numbers are going to be. Um, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Keep consistent with your exercise. Don't get addicted to the scale. Follow your inches. Take your weekly measurements of your inches. You're losing inches every week, and the scale numbers are, are bouncing around because of your exercise regimen. I promise you it will all work out in the end. When you look at your overall averages for the 40-plus days or 50 days, whatever the case may be, you'll see that you averaged probably three-quarters of a pound a day or more in some, in some cases, and that's a great thing. So don't get caught up in the daily, the daily drama of the scale because that throws more, throws more people out their game than uh, – than anything. Great question, though. Uh, let's see. Uh, she said, I've also gotten severely sore after lifting weights in the past. Is L-glutamine mix okay to take? And can I, and can I function normally the next day? Yes, L-glutamine is great. I take it all the time, so feel free. The powder, just make sure that you, nothing you get is in kind of syrupy drink that's mixed with sugar. Um, is it normal for the MIT injections to burn or hurt? When injecting, yeah, it depends on when you're. I mean, you're really supposed to kind of go into the muscle area, which is the outer thigh, the butt, 
um, the upper shoulder. You want to definitely stay away from any kind of, you know, veiny type uh, area. But, it, you know, I find if you did it in the muscle and you, you do it really slowly, it doesn't really hurt. If you try doing it sub-Q in the fatty tissue, most the redwood B12 and the B12 MIC is going to is going to cause some burning sensation. It doesn't last very long, but everyone has a different tolerance to in discomfort. So you definitely want to be pay attention when you're taking your shots. Um, can you please comment on the view that taking HCG injections together with a, a diet rich in greens can cause blood clots? Blood clots can sometimes cause fatalities. Some websites advise that you should stay away from HCG injections form and can get similar results through drops, thereby eliminating the blood clot issue. This is from Frank. Frank, thank you for this question. You know what? I, I, I get this question. I, I get this question rarely, but I see... I see these, this blood clot issue on, on the Internet because my job, I search for the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm not going to be a, a, you know, a, a pro-HCG guy if I know something that's, that could be dangerous or cause a problem. And that's why I look up this, this issue with blood clotting. And the thing is that I have not found any research that HCG causes blood clotting. If you inject any kind of liquid into your system, there, into your body, there is a risk of blood clotting. If you damage, damage a vein or puncture a vein sideways or hit, hit an artery, there is that possibility. And that's why the you know, HCG is recommended to be put sub-Q into the fatty tissue because most of the time you're in a fatty tissue, you're not going to be anywhere near a vein. Um, so, the, you know, and, and usually when I see the, the warning signs against blood clotting, I'm being very honest, whenever I see the warning signs, it's always on a blog or website of somebody selling the drops. Well, very few, 95% of the people selling drops on the Internet aren't selling real HCG drops. Pharmaceutical telling you to mix your own with pharmaceutical HCG, they're selling the homeopathic drops. So I get a little irritated because I think that they're using scare tactics to try and to drive people towards buying their product, not giving them the fact that, you know, and I sell both the, the injections or the drops. You can do it either way on my site. So to me, and actually the drops cost more than the injection. So if I had a, a motive to buy into this scare tactic and sell a, sell a product on my site that I'm already selling that sells at a higher price point, I could do that. But that's not my deal. That's not where I come from. I don't come from that kind of scare tactic, sales tactic. It irritates me. So I thank Frank for his question because, you know what, it needs to be brought up because there is a risk of blood clotting when you're injecting anything into your body. That's why if you're not comfortable with the process, you're not sure on how to do the process, you want to, cons you want to consult your doctor, go to your doctor and get it if this is something you're concerned with. Um, if, you're, if you feel that you're competent and, com and comfortable enough to do it and you're, and you're following the injection process and you're putting it into the subcutaneous fat like instructed on most of the injection videos, including my own, um, and even with the MIC, where you're putting it into the muscle and, and you're giving you instructions of where to put it and, you know, not putting it in any kind of near any veins, you, you, you'll, you'll, you know, your safety factor is pretty high. But the point is, is that, you know, this does need to be discussed because it's out there. Um, my personally, I mean, I, I can't tell you that there's been over 14,000 people that come through, our, through my sites. I can't tell you how many thousands of emails I've answered in coaching, and, I've, and I can tell you that I've coached over three or 4,000 people now in five years. I haven't had one person that has had an incident of blood clotting. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I just haven't personally come across it. So this is a very, I, I, you know, it was like, I think the person thought I was going to skip over this question. I, that's not my deal. I'm going to ask, I tell you, I'm going to answer every question, but I'm going to give my honest answer. Yes, there is a risk of blood clotting if you are taking your shot and you're putting it in, in an area that's not near subcutaneous fat, anywhere near veins, and you're, you're, you puncture one. Um, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? Probably, probably not. 
Um, is it any? It could be any liquid. And this is where I think that this is where the the uh, I would draw the line. So trying to tie HCG, and, I, and I've looked, and if somebody, if there's a medical doctor out there listening to this, or somebody that has an actual study that shows you this, I will be the first person to correct my opinion and give you more a more medical opinion on this, uh, or even have that person on to give a medical opinion, because I'm not about I, if it if it if it's real out there, I definitely want people to know about it. Um, but this you know this thing about HCG being the cause of it versus the fact that any shot with liquid being the cause of it, this is where I have a problem because I think they're trying to scare people into buying their product. And I don't believe in that. So that's my answer. You know, take it for what it's worth. But um, I did definitely, definitely thought it needed to be addressed. And thank you for the question, Frank. Um, let's see. Next question. Two questions. Once I make the HCG injections, is there a way for me to use the same mixture to convert it into drops instead? I, I have a 5,000 IU that I mixed for injections, gave myself a shot, and decided I would rather do drops. You know, there is a way to mix it. It's not going to be a perfect science. Um, but basically, if you mix 5,000 IUs with, with the way I recommend doing 5 milliliters of water, that would be 2 milliliters of water more than we, than we recommend when you're doing the drops as far as diluting it. So I would add basically 11 milliliters of B12, liquid B12, I mean the actual B12 drops. You know, you know they take over-the-counter vitamin B12 drops, not the injectable stuff, people, just so you're not, you're not confused. And mix it together, and you should have still somewhat the same potency. It'll be close. At least, at least the, the, the mathematics of the measurement will be close, and you could try doing it that way. Uh, and that should be fine. So just add 11 to uh, 11 unit, 11 milliliters to your um, current mixture. And let's see. Let me do the math again. 13. You have two. You're supposed to do that. Actually, no. You want to put 10. Um, 10 milliliters of, B, of B12, liquid B12, into your mixture, and you should be able to use it as drops. And then, then follow the drop um, mixture that we have on our website after that, okay? I read that mixing HCG um, with either either plain sterile water or bacterial static water and bacterial, or bacterial, bacterial water with sodium chloride, okay, is different from people swear by one or the other. Oh, okay, what is different? You know what? This is the deal. ACG injections, you can use sterile water, you can use bacterial static water, you can use bacterial sorry, with bacterial water with sodium chloride. Both bacterial static water and bacterial static water with sodium chloride are meant for multiple use dose in order to prevent bacteria from growing in the bottle if you're using dirty needles and hence causing an infection. So it's always it's always if you know that you're if you're using clean a clean insulin needle every day you're the only one using the bottle. You're injecting into the bottle every day with a clean needle. It's a very low probability that you could have any kind of infection grow with the sterile water by itself. Is there a risk? Yes. If you're not paying attention and you're, or reusing needles into the bottle, you could actually contaminate it um, and cause an infection. So it's always best to use the bacterial static water or the bacterial static water with sodium chloride. However, Thousands of people use just sterile water every day. I mean, bodybuilders use sterile water all the time. They actually prefer it over the um, bacterial static water. Don't know why, but they do. So all three will work. All three can be safe. It's about how safe your process is. And we always recommend you you want to wipe down the bottle with the alcohol swab, clean the area that you're entering the needle with alcohol swab. Don't get lazy. Um, and I know a lot of them do, and I've been lazy myself. But ultimately, you know, you, everyone takes responsibility for their own use. So if you're careful, you should be fine. Okay, these are great questions, guys. I thank you for them. Um, we're almost done with the with, with the questions here, and then we we'll open up the line. So you guys get ready to ask your questions. Don't be shy. 
Um, next question, is bison allowed during P2? If so, how much? Heard you talk about it, eat, heard about eating it, but it's not in your book. I'm pretty sure bison's in my book on my protein chart. Pretty sure it is. But if it isn't, I'm pretty sure it is. Bison is one of the lean beefs you could have, which means the leaner the beef, the bigger the portion. Um, beef is probably the only portion that I agree with that in the Dr. Simeon's menu that said three and a half ounces was sufficient. That seems to be a sufficient amount to get the right amount of protein and the right amount of calories. If you're choosing bison or, or a very lean, pro, lean meat like that, you actually can have a little bit more, close to four to four and a half ounces, and still be within the same caloric intake and the same protein intake. Um, so organic bison is best. Organic is always better, 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 guys. If you can do organic on anything that's that's on the protocol, you'll definitely um, have better results and you'll sustain your weight loss longer. It just seems that the chemicals, even eating, not you still will lose weight not, not eating organically, but what I've found is that it's not so much in the fat loss phase you're getting the benefit from it. It's more in the phase three and phase four stabilization where you still have this lingering hormones and chemicals in your body that weren't filtered out because you kept reintroducing them in your in your proteins, uh, and which still whack, still keeps your, your system out of whack and doesn't allow it to really lock in as well. My opinion. So, um, yes, you can use bison, and you want to use about four to four and a half ounces max, okay? Um, it says, uh, with intense workout, do, you, do we consume more calories because we're working out, or is there just enough with the, new, with the 550 calories? This is the deal. This is my philosophy on workout, guys. Make sure we coin the phrase correctly. Working out is strength training as far as I'm concerned. Cardio doesn't count. Cardio is not working out to me. Cardio you should do every day. And cardio is going to be the help your body burn more fat. You got your urinary tract that, that expels fat and your and your sweat your sweat glands that expelling fat cells. Some through your waste system, but the majority you get out through your sweat and through your urine. So you're peeing all day, and if you're at least sweating real good hour a day, you're going to really help your body mobilize fat. And you're also going to trigger our negative calorie response. My goal is, whenever I'm on protocol, is to burn 500 calories or more. So the, the 500 calories, the 550 calories that I'm taking in as my daily nutrition is being basically nullified. So it's forcing my body to only go after stored fat. So when you're working out with strength training, using resistance bands or doing weights, and you're actually exercising the muscles and breaking down the muscles, you do get to consume an extra 200 calories of pure protein. We recommend doing that in egg whites, either omelet um, or cottage cheese, a casein protein, or having another chicken breast, um, a smaller portion that, that equals 200 calories or less. Um, and you want to do that. For men, you want to consume that within an hour of working out, post-workout, for strength training, and with women, you can go as actually as far as an hour and a half post workout, and uh, utilize them. And your body will actually liquefy those protein, those calories, and, and replenish your muscles. So yes, more calories on workout days. But workout is working out. It's not doing cardio. Cardio is cardio, and your body is perfectly fine sustained on 550 calories a day. Doing, I ran three, four miles a day, and felt I was still bouncing off the walls. So um, absolutely, that's when you want to trigger the extra calories for protein. Okay, and we're almost done. I think we got the last one, I think, here. It says, hi, Colin. Um, I work third shift or midnight shift, and my sleeping pattern is not consistent or erratic, making it difficult for me to follow the protocol. Can you suggest an eat-sleep schedule that may allow me to lose weight more consistently and help control cravings? You know, this is really, really a tough deal, and I've had a few 
personal coaching clients that do that did the third shift or midnight shift, and you really kind of have to reverse your days with your nights, and, it, and it's challenging. I even had one client that actually had a couple days a week where she was third shift, and the rest of the time she was regular shift, which made it even more challenging. Challenging doesn't mean impossible, okay? It just means about you really kind of have to keep a log of when you're supposed to eat. And sometimes, it, it actually, it's the most important thing you do, if you're like me, you need to be reminded by things all the time um, because I'll just forget about them, is you have to actually go into your smartphone and actually put in a schedule when you're supposed to do stuff. Sleep is very, very important for consistent weight loss. It is it is literally almost as important as the food and the proteins and the vegetables and that you're taking in on this protocol. Erratic sleep patterns will also cause erratic weight numbers. You'll never get an accurate number, so you don't know if you're doing good or bad because your sleep is tearing it up. So this is what I suggest. If you work third shift or midnight shift, you have to switch your days for your nights. You simply have to do that. You have to kind of eat every three hours in your waking hours for the time you're working, and then when you're sleeping, you're sleeping. Um, you want to kind of, if you have schedules where you're, you're some days you're not you're not working a third shift and some days you are, you literally have to try and put a schedule in your in your smartphone or on your calendar or something that's going to trigger you to remind you today is the day that I need to eat and whatever you want to call it, you call it third shift menu where you're eating every three hours and you're starting. If you're if you're going to work at like you know seven o'clock or at nine o'clock eight o'clock at night. And you just woke up from your nap or your your nightly sleep at six o'clock, then you know within the two hours you, of your being awake, your, your breakfast would be, for example, your fruit snack. Then three hours later, you're gonna have your your lunch at your hour. Then three hours later, you're gonna have your next snack. Three hours later, you're gonna have your dinner, and then three hours later, you're gonna have your late snack. Usually, the hours that kill people with late the midnight shift is when they're getting home or getting off at like you know three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and now they're kind of coming home and they're in that. Craving time. Put this way, if you ever have cravings for food, take an extra piece of fruit, preferably not before night. I would go with cottage cheese, have a cup of cottage cheese, or, you know, low glycemic, like a fruit, I mean, a grapefruit, or a combination of both of those to be that, to eat that before you go to bed, because that's a casein type protein. It'll help you burn fat throughout the night while you're sleeping. Now, if you're not getting normal sleep, and this is what's the most challenging thing with this kind of lifestyle on this protocol is getting on the scale and, and only having four hours sleep this night and seven hours sleep. You usually have a day off where you just had, you're able to finally catch up with your rest or usually two days off. We have time to catch up with your rest. If you are a person that has a shift, those are the days you want to do your way, your weigh-ins. So if you don't even have to, if you know you're eating clean and you're staying within the guidelines I just gave you, you want to, and the, every day you have a good eight hours sleep where you feel rested, that's the morning you need, to, you need to weigh yourself. If you need to skip three days of weighing yourself because you've had an erratic lifestyle, it's going to save you sanity if you just weigh yourself on the days you know you've gotten the right amount of rest because that's going to be the most accurate calibration of your weight. Trying to weigh yourself after four hours sleep, you're going to gain or you're not going to move at all and you're going to think you need to manipulate something. It's very, very frustrating. But I'd rather you be weighing three times a week and getting a, at least getting a consistent number um, of, you know, downward trend than driving yourself absolutely crazy because the more stress you give yourself because you're not getting the numbers you're getting is the same stress that's going to stress you out for you to eat more food at the wrong time. So it is challenging, not impossible. I've had people do this and do extremely well in this protocol with this type of schedule, but it does take extra planning and extra effort and um, scheduling 
that you listen to your body. You know when you get when you get a nice good good nice rest. You feel refreshed. You get up first thing in the morning. You go pee. You get on the scale. You do a happy dance because your numbers are down from the three days prior, and you do it again. And if you try doing that consistently, you should be fine. But um, you know, lack of consistency is going to give you inconsistent numbers. And so as long as you know that, and if you're weighing yourself on those days where you probably shouldn't, and you see a crazy number, just know that as long as you know internally that you are eating the right amount of food and you're, and you're eating it on schedule. Because the only time it drives you crazy when you kind of know you didn't do what you're supposed to do. If you're solid in your, in, your, in your commitment to your food and you're consistent and you're on point, then the numbers are going to jive. It's as simple as that. It doesn't want. There's no crazy number you're going to get if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing at the right time. The only time you're going to get a crazy number is if you weigh yourself when you've only had three or four hours sleep and you've been fatigued and tired, and um, your body's just under duress. It's not going to give you right numbers. Okay. And I think. Let me see. It uh, looks like that's it. If I forgot, if I missed anybody's. Uh, Email question, I apologize, but I tried to get them all as much as I could. Um, there are probably some, I see some last minute ones that came in, but I'm going to open up the lines now um, and give you guys on the show here live an opportunity to ask some questions. Uh, please state your name, where you're calling from, um, and then ask your question, and then I will try and answer it. And I see some of you already have your hands up, so if you don't know the drill, press one on your phone that puts your hand up on my end that shows that you have a question to ask, and then I will call on you in the order that they come up. And if you, as soon as you get your question answered, um, or I call on you, you press 1 and put your hand down. That that takes you out of the loop so I get the next person. So press 1 on your phone if you have a question. Uh, the first caller that had a question, at least your hands up, is 313-510. You should be on the air now. Yes, my name is Elaine. I'm Hi, calling from, Hi, I'm calling from Philadelphia. Yeah. My awesome. question is about the H. My phone is echoing. Uh, it's probably because I have you on my. I'm I'm using a uh, speaker type mic, but go ahead. Okay. You, you're uh, hearing it from your H- radio station. Go ahead. Okay. The HCG mix mixture. Uh, when you make it up, should it last for 40 days? Is it enough in the bottle to last? And if it isn't, will there be some left over? And how long is the life on that? Okay, good question. Um, depending on what um, potency you buy. So if you bought a 10,000 IU bottle, if you mixed it following my instructions, which you add 10 milliliters of bacteriostatic water or sterile water, or whichever we had that yeah. conversation right about the water, um, mm-hmm. then you'll have approximately 40 days worth of mixture. Now, I personally have recommended people not do that because what I've experienced with my coaching clients over the year is that once you get to around day 30 or so, the mixture you had starts to lose its potency. So you end up having to oh. end, up, end up getting symptomatic of hunger issues or you have to take more of it and then it kind of runs out. So I've always recommended people get two 5,000 IU vials, which will last approximately, I mean, the exact math given the dose you recommend, it should last exactly 25 days per vial. So you basically have a 50-day supply with two vials of 5,000 IU. Um, I, I bought that box. I bought, I bought a kit. Okay. And the, and there was three uh, vials. Okay. And the three powder mixtures, and that, so that's I mixed you have up seventy-five one. days. So you have seventy-five okay. days worth of HCG. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and so thank you that, so much. 
answer your last part of your question, how long would it last? I mean, like I said, I mean, um, the mixture, I mean, w- really the mixture I've had, you know, where my sister said she had some in the refrigerator and she went two months later and used it and it worked fine. Um, but it was probably a little bit wow. weaker and she had to take more of it. So there isn't, you know, as far as shelf life, once it's mixed, it all depends on where you have it in your fridge, if you're opening and closing your door, if the temperature is changing, and the potency of, the, of each brand you're buying. But in most cases, um, you'll still get an effect through past 40 days. On a 10,000 IU vial, it just you may if you start getting symptomatic of hunger issues or, or slowing numbers, um, you may have to increase your dose a little bit. Okay. Also, in my kit, it had the um, B12, and I guess I didn't want to use that. Do I have to use that? I don't no. want to give myself a shot. No, 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 no. Are, are, you, are you mixing yours for drops or something? No, you got to. You, mm. you got the B12. You got an injection kit, right? Yeah, it was injection. It was all of it was in the kit. But I just don't prefer. I don't want to sh- shoot myself in the muscle. I, okay. I, isn't the B12 for if you're no energy or something? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't. Of course, you don't have to use it. These, these are definitely added things that we found that help with the energy levels and, and, and fatigue and mobilizing fat, but you don't have to use it. It's just it's there for you if you want to use it. I mean, so it's kind of like one of those things that we, we chose. At first, I didn't have it in there. I said people had to get it extra, you know, you know, get it, pay extra for it. But when I looked at the thing, I was kind of like, I want people to have the highest level of success. So I'm going to give them this option, and you can choose to use it or not. So, yeah, I mean, not a problem. All right. Well, thank you so much. Great question. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, next caller, you're 312854. You're on the air. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm in Louisiana right now by way of Chicago. Um, My question is, uh, I was on the protocol for 21 days. Um, I had pneumonia, so I was in the hospital and off the protocol. So when I go back, uh, I was in the hospital for seven days. Well, I need to start again from the very beginning, right? Well, you're right at you're right at the uh, that that line where you you could. I found that eight days eight days off protocol, you actually can. And if you haven't really, really, um, you know, just overloaded your body with the you know detoxing, you actually can get right back on right back on LCD. And it may take you a couple of days for your body to start filtering out the whatever you put in it and start losing again. But it seems to be that mm-hmm. seems to be the sweet spot where you can actually continue without loading again. If you find within the first three, four, or five days that you are, you know, not losing very well or you're hungry, you're fatigued, that's kind of a clear sign that that, that the HCG has kind of lost the signal for finding the fat stores or it's, it's scrambling around trying to find where to pull the fat from, and so you're really functioning on 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 the low calorie portion of the diet, which means you may have to load again. But you're right at that line where where it's, it's a, it could be a 50-50 shot or 60-40 shot that you may have to. I don't know. I'd say 50-60-40 to the to the 60% chance that you you may go without having to reload again, but a 40% chance that you may have to load again. Okay. That make, so you'll find yeah, you'll notice. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you have another question? Did you have another question? No. No. Okay. No. All right, just notice if you notice if you if you decide not to I mean if you decide not to load again and go continue, um just pay a little close attention. If you're losing weight, start losing weight after twenty four forty, say forty eight hours and you feel fine, then you are you 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 hit the mark at the right time. If in fact you see your numbers are not, not coming along, you're not responding real well, then you may want to do at least a load day, one more load day, kick start the system, do a really good load day, and then go back to L C D. Okay. I got one more question. Sure. Does antibiotics interfere with that? They absolutely could. Absolutely could. 
Antibiotics um, are probably one of the things that, that interfere most with, with the whole process because the antibiotics are really kind of, it's basically, you know, alerting your system that it's under attack and it basically it's, it's there to, to try and ward off any type of anything. Um, so I would definitely, if you're on a regimen of antibiotics, I would do the antibiotics, clear them first through your system, and then go back on protocol. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, next caller, 631901. You're on the air. Hi, that's me. I'm Wendy. I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Wendy. And Hi, how are you? Good. Um, I have a few questions, but one that um, I need to dye my hair this weekend. Okay. So yeah. if I dye my hair and get that all done at the salon, is that going to stall me? And is that going to or make me gain weight? And if I go into a stall period, then... Is there something to get me out of the stall by doing an apple day so I can continue to um, Absolutely. lose weight? Yes. Um, the hair dye situation, it could. I got to tell you that it's really kind of the individual when it comes to chemicals in the body and how this protocol responds. I mean, it's I've seen a higher number of people that have been able to tolerate the, you know, the shampoos and the toothpaste and all that kind of stuff, even some lotions and really and really not have it interfere. And then I've seen people that have been hypersensitive and literally it just puts the brakes on everything. Um, you want to make sure that you are clear of what's causing the stall. So as long as you know that your protocol is clean and that you're not eating outside the protocol and you dye your hair and you have an immediate stalling type reaction, which is pretty, it, I mean, this is kind of black and white when it, with this protocol. You, you don't just slow down. You It puts the brakes on if, in fact, there's something that's, that it has to focus on filtering out of the body. So if you have a response like that, then and, and then you want to make sure you're stalled for at least 72 hours straight. Three days, three days at the same exact weight is a definition of a stall. If your body is going down a quarter and you know down another quarter, you know it's still fighting through the process of trying to get back on track, but it's not stalled. Therefore, an apple day will not be effective. If it has stalled for three days, then you want to do an apple day the immediate, immediately that fourth morning um, or fourth early afternoon, and then go through the next afternoon with an apple day. Um, but ultimately, you'll know pretty quickly if the dyeing of the hair caused a problem. But I'm, I'm telling you, you probably have a high percentage um, if you're if you're the you know if you're the what the eight out of ten that don't have a problem, you probably won't have a problem. Okay. All right. Um, and the other one was um, I see a lot of people online talking about taking a tablespoon of coconut oil. Um, saying that it boosts your metabolism and they're cooking with it, they're making, you know, food with it. Um, is this something we should do or should not do? I think I was one of the pioneers of that one. I, I, in our oh, AC, really? AC Body for Life, that's one of the things that we added to our protocol that um, really made a difference, believe it or not, in uh. the weight loss numbers. So we actually, in all of our recipes that cause for, you know, that cause for any type of sautéing or, or, or um, that you, you would need an oil, um, coconut organic virgin coconut oil is our go-to oil. A teaspoon a day, you know, it will it'll keep the fat away, as they say. So I definitely really? recommend that. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, it, may, it tastes your food tastes better. You hold the whole process of eating tastes better. You don't feel like you're on a diet because you're. I mean, sautéed scallops, you know, that are you know where you're able to sauté in something, you know, it really makes the difference versus trying wow. to do it in a dry pan. You know, so um, yeah, absolutely. Coconut oil is okay. that's one of the main things in our book. Yeah. Um, so basically, I can do my shrimp in it. Can I liquefy it and use it in a salad dressing? I can 
Yeah, you can. Actually, I mean, the is there a actually, limit can, on it? Yeah, you can cook. You can pretty much cook with it. Uh, pretty much, two, you have, I think you get two teaspoons a day. You can cook uh, cook with it uh, for your two main meals. The salad thing, you can melt it and put it in a salad. But I usually do it with brags, but it does tend to tend to kind of as soon as it cools off, it tends to kind of go back to its original state. So we, I do recognize recognize recommend using MTC oil. Um, a teaspoon of that, which is actually also another oil that actually helps your body mobilize fat quite well, but also works better as a salad dressing because you kind of it kind of tastes and, and has the consistency more of a you know oil and vinegar type of uh, salad dressing. But the coconut, I did use the coconut oil in the beginning before I discovered the MTC oil. What's what's MTC stand for? You know what? I couldn't tell. I can't tell you right now. Just if my mind okay. was blank. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I just went blank. I could run upstairs and grab I, the bottle. But, uh, look I it think up that's. On, Google it; it'll, it'll tell you. But it's—I uh, basically came across it in a, in a bodybuilding uh, forum, and I started reading up on it and saw all, all the good things it does. And I started implementing it in my protocol, and, and lo and behold, it definitely didn't hurt. So um, I, I okay. recommend it. That's the medium chain triglyceride oil. That's the there better one to use. Thank yeah. You. You okay. The, I just want to make sure I ordered it, and I just got it today. But um, it's the Expeller Press coconut oil from the Tropical Traditions, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So that's okay to use. I can use that to make my fish and stuff. Yeah. Well, you want to? I would cook with the coconut oil and then use the MTC oil for the salads and the vegetable type stuff because I don't really, I don't think it holds up well to temperature. So okay. That's what you want. That's what you want to make sure about because some oils, if you put it on the temperature, it turns rancid. So you want to okay. make sure that's why I cook. The coconut oil seems to have a high tolerance. So I cook with coconut oil and I use the MTC oil on my salads and vegetable dishes. Okay. All right. And those calories do not count towards the 500 calorie a day. Is that correct? Well, they they count, but like we've already calculated them in our in our recipes. So in our 550 calories a day. So and it, you know, and to be honest with you, it, it's it's like you still want to eat your food portions, and you kind of that's kind of an added. You're getting an added, you know, 75 calories to 100 calories, but it's calories that are actually helping your body. So it doesn't throw off the, you know, the mechanism for switching from burning fat to burning food. So it it seems to do more harm than good, and it's added into the calories. You don't want to subtract, you don't want to subtract the coconut oil from your overall daily calories because we don't in, in our protocol we don't have to count calories as long as you're weighing your protein out to the right portion. Those calories are already being calculated by the measurements we give you. So all you have to do is add your vegetables and add your oils to saute it, and you're still within the 550 calories a day. Okay. Um, I have one more quick question. Um, sure. One was um, during a woman's cycle. Yes. Um, you know, Dr. Simon says not to inject during that, that time, right. but I am injecting during that time, and I know people that have. Um, you know, is is that going to make a difference? I mean, if I'm still losing weight, it's, it's not a bad thing, right? It can. My wife didn't stop for any of the time that she did the protocol. and But some women, you know, it, it has – the reason why Dr. Simon is um, – um, kind of suggested not to, is because some it is a hormone in the body, and for some women it actually can throw your cycle off to where it prolongs it for you know number of days that you don't want it to be going on for, or it prolongs it, for, it stops it from coming for a lot of days. So it really is depending on your body, you could be you could find find a reaction or a sensitivity to it. I my formula that I've come up with that seems to work with my coaching clients is the half life thing. Where one of the reasons why we, we, I was concerned with people women going off the shots completely through the protocol because if you have a cycle that work that lasts six or seven days, by day three you're getting pretty hungry on trying to sustain a 500-calorie diet because now the HDG has left your system. 
even yeah. with, some women get high cravings for this time. So having something that's not controlling your appetite during a time where your body's under duress, to me, is a recipe for disaster. So what I recommend is that you take your shots for the if your if your normal cycle is six days, for example, you take your dose, your HCG dose for the first three days. You stop for the last three days to let it leave your system, and usually, in most cases, your cycle will stop normally. And you haven't gone so long to where the hunger issue sets in. And that seems okay. to work really well for a lot of oh. women. That's great. Okay. Perfect. I mean, I could ask you a million questions, but I'll let someone else take the floor. But no, <laughs> I just wanted, is melatonin yeah, no, okay to take? Because I have trouble sleeping and I'm trying to take something that's herbal and yeah. um, that doesn't have any additives. And it has um, melatonin and chamomile and lavender in it. Is that okay yeah. to take? I, I lived on melatonin forever. So, <laughs> so yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's good stuff. It works. Okay, perfect. That's great. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Okay, Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, next caller. Okay, put your hand down. See if you ask a question, can now get lost here. Do I have Six to three. hit one in order to disconnect yeah, yeah, yeah. you? Hit one. Yeah, okay. one. Thank you. Okay, so three. Oh, she just jumped. As soon as I put your hand down, it jumps. Three, one, two, eight, five, four. You're on there. Hi, um, it's Leah again. I have the Hi, question. <laughs> um, the differences in sugars. I'm, I'm have. I, I mean, I'm using stevia, um, but is there a difference between tri- the trivia and the other sugar sweeteners, and will they affect your weight loss? You know what? I, I'm a fan of the stevia. Because in the Truvia, Stevia, they're all, a, they're all an extract of Stevia. They come from a natural plant form. Um, they're not artificially mm-hmm. made. Um, I highly recommend staying with any type of artificial sweetener, like, you know, whatever you call it, Equal and, and any of those ones. I mean, Sucralo, anything. Like, basically, stick with Stevia or nothing. Um, even the um, even the, uh, the other cactus one that people swear by that still, still metabolizes like sugar, agave. You want to stay away from these any of these artificial sweeteners while you're on this protocol because you got to remember this protocol is, is is a detox protocol. I mean, it's it's actually designed to have your body running on just lean protein and vegetables and 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 low glycemic fruits. You're supposed to you know basically alleviate any kind of chemical from the body so your your body can actually clean out and that's how you're able to reset the scale, if you will. We say hypothalamus because it's not being interfered with by signals from all these chemicals. So um, people that are throwing, you know, that artificial sweetener back into their diet, it does cause food cravings. It causes weight gain. You're actually counterproductive. So uh, if some people don't like stevia because they, you know, it has an aftertaste. So to go with the Truvia or even there's another one called uh, Xylitol that you can use. I just found that you have, you have to use a lot of it <laughs> to actually get the sweetness part of it. But it, all three of those are safe to use. Okay. On Okay. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Next caller, 347-533. You're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi. It's Antoinette from Brooklyn. How are you? Hi, Antoinette from Brooklyn. Okay. I'm calling because, um, last, okay. Let's just put it like this. Since Saturday, I've been the same weight I am today. Now, my, um, Menstrual cycle started on the Friday, mm-hmm. and I gained a pound on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, I did cheat on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
my um my menstrual cycle finished on Monday, but yet I'm still at the same weight. Okay. I'm doing everything right besides the Sunday. I cheated, okay. but after that, I've been doing everything on protocol. Okay. And what I'm wondering is. If I'm exercising and burning these 500 calories and I'm mm-hmm. doing everything, what what is exactly happening to the fat or the, all the calories that I'm burning? Like, what is going on in my body? I'm just so confused. I'll tell you what's going on with your body, and I think you're a perfect example of what happens to people when they're, you know, kind of on their cycle, but also what they don't realize what happens when you cheat. So that you have a couple of things going on. Your, your body, most women most women are going to see a slowing, if not a downright stall in their weight loss when their cycle hits. you got to understand, your body is processing. It's, it's basically doing a filtration system. It's under its own level of duress, and it holds on to water. When the body holds on to water, that's kind of a protection, protection mechanism. It's a healing process. That's why when you when you bruise an you know, elbow or joint or a muscle, it swells up because it's surrounded by water, which is a kind of a fluid sac to protect it. Well, kind of similar happens when you're under your, your body's going through the menstrual cycle system, and trying to force your body to lose weight. I tell women this all the time: trying you're adding more stress to your body, trying to force it to lose weight while it's during this monthly cycle. You just relax as long as you're eating clean and you control your cravings. You're fine. Now, when you add cheating on top of that, this protocol is the least forgiving weight loss protocol I've ever seen in my entire lifetime, which means simply this. If you cheat and you put something in your system like sugars and chemicals and starches, your body will immediately, it's like, it's like I, give, I think I give people visuals so you understand. Immediately, like, if there's a warning sign, a siren that goes off in your body that says, oh, no, here comes the enemy. And so all of a sudden, the fat loss process gets put on hold to take all that focus onto now fighting off and filtering out the sugars, the starches, and the chemicals you just put in your body. That process can go on for three or four days. So every time you put something in your system that doesn't belong there on this protocol, you literally can stall your weight for three to four days before it actually starts losing weight again. That period of three to four days installing frustrates a lot of people, and what they do is compound the problem by cheating again. And then they wonder why is it, why they're not losing weight. So what you have to understand is that there's a consequence to your actions. As long as you understand the consequence, I'm not saying beat the crap out of yourself. That's not what you need to do. But you need to go, okay, I slipped up, but this is what's going to happen. I have to be super clean now for the next three, four days so my body will trust me and realize that I'm not going to throw anything else into it that doesn't belong, and I'll start the pro- I'll start the fat loss process again. So what your experience is simply the consequence of eating something outside the protocol while you're under duress. I understand that, but now your body has to filter it out. The exercising can help um, speed up the process if you're doing cardio. It can help 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 sweat out the chemicals in the in the system and help move faster. But most people stop just one or two days short of your body going back to normal and losing losing weight normally again and get frustrated and then either repeat the process or quit the protocol. So you're in a very crucial crucial 
spot and a perfect time for you to ask this question because you'll know now. Just give your body three more days or so of you just being extremely clean and deliberate about your water intake, especially to flush out all the stuff you put in there. You want to be drinking half your body weight in water every single day. You have to be consistent. Everything has to be consistent in order for you to have consistent numbers. So your water intake has to be consistent. Your your protein levels have to be consistent with your vegetables and your exercise has to be consistent. If you do that, I promise you your body will go back to losing weight on, on right on schedule. Okay. All right. All right. But just know that every time you cheat, you may cost yourself four or five days of weight loss. Which well, doing that four or five days, where's the, where's all the fat going? <laughs> that I'm well, burning it's, when I'm exercising. Well, it's, it's it's in there trying to get out, but I'm like I'm literally I'm saying that it it, it is almost. I mean, picture it, li- picture it literally like I say, that basically your body wants to burn fat because it's being flushed. The fat's being flushed there. You're eating low calories. It wants to burn fat. But you've now put in a higher alarm system in there that says, I have the enemy coming. So the fat is the thing that it, it's not my enemy, but I want to use it as fuel. It's actually your friend while you're on this protocol. You're actually using that fat to sustain your, your healthy lifestyle. Now you've put the enemy in there, which is the sugar at the start of the chemicals, and your body's going, I need to filter this out before I can go back to burning fat efficiently. So it's it's there. It's trying to do its job, but basically it's the, 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 the fat burning switch has been turned off temporarily in order to filter out the toxins. Does that make sense? Yeah, I paint yeah. pictures so people can get a picture, an yeah, idea. That's how I think. You know, so that's what's going on. All right? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Let's see. Any other questions here? If you don't have, I'm going to see if I have a couple more email questions. If you don't have a question, and it will end the show. But this has been a really, really, really productive show with some really great questions. So I thank you guys for sending them over. Um, can you do ACG if you have had a stomach? Have your stomach stapled? That's a question. You know what? That's a good question. Yes. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to. I mean, um, my sister had her stomach stapled. And um, about ten years ago, and gained back a good portion of her weight, and she did the protocol, and it worked very, it worked perfectly fine. Um, I like to see people actually do this, try this protocol first before they go get a bypass surgery or or something like that, because that's an invasive surgery, and it's got an eighty five percent failure rate, where this has got a ninety five percent success rate. So um, yes, we can. Good question. Uh, another question I have. Um, I don't know if a hand just popped up, but another question I have is. Uh, still waiting for ACG that I ordered three weeks ago. Well, depending on where you are in the country, that if you are outside of the U.S., then three weeks would be right about by about time. It's on the website that you get your ACG usually within 21 days. If you're out of the country or in Canada or or you know the U.K. or what have you, if you in the if you're in the state and you have your tracking information, if you're not get if you don't get your ACG within the 10 to 14 business days that we say on our site, and you want to send an email to customer service, they'll see if your ACG got stuck anywhere. If it did, they'll reship it. But keep in mind that 10 to 14 business days on the calendar comes out to be about 21 days. But if you look at your tracking, it's probably going to show up any day. If you're in the state, if you're not in the state, then it's it's, it's coming around that time. You should show up any day anyway. Um, But good question. Uh, Let's see. Anybody else? Do I have another question? Okay, I think I have another one here, but I see hands up, so... Six three one nine zero one. You're on the air. Uh, it's Wendy again from Brooklyn. I figured while you had some time, I ask another question. Um, the other one was drinking seltzer water. Does that absorb the same way water does? Are we allowed to drink seltzer water? Drink seltzer water, but seltzer water in tea, you guys, doesn't take the doesn't take the place of real water, plain water. So as long as you are um, 
drinking your gallon of water a day or half your half your weight half your body weight in water, and you want to have a seltzer water like we used to make. Um, we use um, well, you say seltzer water, yeah, you know, carbonated water, Perrier, whatever. We used to make yeah. our lemonade that have sparkling lemonade, which was really really good. Um, but we only had a couple glasses a day. It doesn't, it doesn't count as water. If you're having the green tea and the oolong tea and that kind of stuff, that doesn't count as water either. Water is water. Okay. All right. That's what I wanted to know. Pure water. Okay. Now, um, herb teas. If I don't have the the teas that you suggested, and I have like you know black black cherry tea or apple tea, are those okay to drink, or should I eliminate them? No, that's fine. I usually those teas are just you know the actual extract of the fruit in the tea for the flavor. It doesn't have any added preservatives. You always want to look at a box. That the box, especially if it's something like tea, if it has Anything on it that doesn't say tea and any kind of chemical name that you don't recognize, you want to stay away from it. And that goes with anything. Any ingredients, you, if you don't have five whole ingredients in your in your on the products you're eating, uh, you want to stay away from it. Anything you can't pronounce, stay away from it. It's not good for you. Okay. okay. Um, apple cider vinegar. Some people drink it with a glass of water. Is it good to flush your system and detox yes. you, or is that too much? Oh, you know what? Everybody should be using apple cider vinegar on this protocol. It's like, um, it really is the, um, it really does filter out the system. That is hard for people. Like the very first time we did a protocol, we had apple cider vinegar with, with you know, cut, you know, cut cucumbers and apple and uh, and um, tomatoes, and that was our salad. And after a while, we got just sick of it. But it freaking helped us strip fat like nobody's business. So you will get sick of it after a while. So that's why some people put it on their salads. Some people drink it. Um, but it definitely on this protocol, I recommend you do it. It's, it's got more benefit than than the harm of, of getting a taste. Some people can't get it down, and if you can't get it down, then I would get the apple cider vinegar um, pills capsules. But yes, okay. it is definitely a, something you wanna you wanna add to your regimen. Okay, I've been drinking it too, so I've been drinking it morning and night, so yeah. that's okay, right? Yeah, once a day is good, but I mean, you could, if you can tolerate it twice, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, that's all I have. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Uh, three one two eight five four. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, it's Leah again from Louisiana. I had a question about uh, you were talking about water. Water. The water enhancers, the meal water. Do are we not allowed to use those? The water enhancers. Yes. Like what water enhancers? The meal water. What's in it? Um. Does it make the water taste better? Yeah. Some kind of like crystal light crap. I don't know. If, I don't well, know. Like it comes in a little egg shaped bottle. I, like I said, I mean, I have to see the ingredients, but I'll tell you. I'm telling you the same thing I asked. I told Wendy, if you're looking at that thing and it's got ingredients or any kind of artificial sweetener or anything to make it taste sweeter or better, stay away from it. You're on this protocol for 30, 40, 50 days. It'll change your life. You can do without the okay. water enhancers. I mean, I'll tell you, anytime you try to find something that makes it more convenient, it screws it up. So just try and stick to the plan and, and not add anything to it because ultimately – Whenever people make these convenient sweetener things, it's, there's always some some crappy thing in there that's going to mess you up. So, uh, people ask about Crystal Light because it's sugar free, but guess what? It's 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 sweetened with sucralose, or, and which is another chemical. So, stay away from chemicals, people. It's um, you're trying to clean your system out and reprogram it, and it's very difficult to do successfully if you're putting stuff back into your system. Okay. okay. 
Thank you. <laughs> all right, next call. Thanks you guys for answering all these questions. I appreciate it. Um, six eight. Oh, where'd you go? Six seven eight five three eight. You're on the air. Oh hi. Uh, this is Pearl, and I want to know what's your take on the MSM while on this protocol. I love it. Um, oh. M- MSM. Yeah, MSM. You know, there's been there's been a put this way. I I use MSM um, really for you know I got bad knees playing ball and it it helps with the you know, the the flaring up of muscle tissue and and it's anti-inflammatory it comes from rain that the rain the rainforest and not it kind of how they catch it naturally I kept complete the the with the acronym for monosuli I can't pronounce it but anyway good stuff <laughs> but I you know it's one thing about the MSM I didn't think it was doing anything I wasn't thinking it was working and then I stopped taking it and all of a sudden within about two and a half weeks I was wondering why my body was aching and why my knees were aching everything was aching so it, i found that it did work it did, it did do what it was supposed to do some people claim that it helps with the uh, your skin and your nails so uh people have used the msm to to help reduce the the stretchy um the uh the um saggy skin issues i don't know if it if it does that or not but i've i've read blogs and 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 um reports from women that swear that they feel that their skin has gotten tighter by them by them taking it so it's got it's got a bunch of different benefits from using msm i have it in my house it's a daily staple it's something i take every single day um on or off protocol i mean it's just a, it's just a life staple for us here in our household uh, but I've heard, I've read a lot of positive feedback for people utilizing MSM with the HD diet protocol, and the main focus was for hair, nails, and skin um, um, conditioning, if you will, or benefits there. But I found the benefits really in the um, inflammation in the joints. So I use how much do you take? I take the prescribed scoop. I take the, you know, I usually put it in my protein shake or just in a glass of water in the morning. I mean, I take, you know, glutamine and, and uh, creatine and my MSM. I take it all together in either a glass or I put it in my shake. So, um, but I follow the, you know, it's prescribed. It's like five grams, I think it is. I think it's a five-gram scooper. So I take five grams a day. So okay, you can use the powder you. or pills. Yeah, but it's uh, good stuff, good stuff. All right, thanks. All right, thank you. All right, you guys are awesome. Great freaking questions today. I mean, uh, this show is great because of people like you that call and ask these questions that other people may be afraid to ask. And the people, those of you that emailed in, I thank you for your emails. They were great. Um, and like I said, I mean, these shows play all over the world. They get playback. They get thousands of playbacks. So you guys are definitely, by participating and asking these questions, you're helping your fellow ACG dieter um, benefit from your courage to ask these questions. So I appreciate you guys for doing that. Uh, Cece and Frank and Angie from Dallas and Crystal and uh, who else? That their name. I think there was a B. Scott. Um, all you guys sent emails in. Thank you for your questions. Hopefully you get the playback and you'll get your you'll get the answer to your questions. You'll, those of you here on the call. Um, you appreciate it. We're gonna we got about twelve minutes. I gotta eat dinner, then I have to go to, to my son's uh kid's gonna get look at his new high school for next year, so you have to go to that parent high school night tonight as well. So I got about an hour to eat and get out of here. So I wanna kinda leave you guys here. I appreciate you being on the call today. Um we can't do what we do without you. And so we appreciate you for coming and listening to us every week or so. And please uh Share this podcast with your friends and people on the protocol. You can get you can hit the get the playback from iTunes. 
Just search the 8CG Diet Coach or you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the 8CG Diet Coach and you can get all of my shows. Um, there are several hundred there from now from 2009, I think, to to present and I'll continue to keep doing them um, as we come up with topics to cover. So love you bunches. I appreciate you being here on the call today. I'm going to head out um, and we'll see you next week or so. All right, take care. I'm going to play some music and I'll be gone. Have a good day. Bye-bye.